Hello and welcome to another episode of Hearts Knit Together in Christ Ministries. I am your host, Marsha Nay, and I am so, so excited that you can join me today in this podcast and listen to all the things that the Lord wants to share with you as we just take a moment to really dive into his word and really meditate on it. And so today we're going to talk about rejection. You know, a lot of times as believers in the body of Christ or people, period, we do not want to experience or endure any types or forms of rejection. But if you're listening today, I want you to know that rejection is necessary because rejection helps us to overcome obstacles of many kind. It helps us to endure testing and trial. And so the person that we want to point out today who really is the example and the epitome of rejection, this character, he is just so awesome. And his name is Jesus. So if you turn with me to the book of Mark, I want you to make sure you have your pens and papers because you're going to need your notes for this. We're going to turn to the chapter 6 chapter of Mark and we're going to look at how Jesus was rejected and how he reacted to that rejection because it gives us examples of how we're to respond not so that we can be paralyzed in a state of shock and sometimes rejection is painful but when you're looking at it from a different different perspective from the perspective of doing God's will then you learn how to get through rejection by looking to your Lord and Savior and that's exactly what Jesus had learned to do here so let's learn a little bit about how Jesus dealt with rejection and how we should have a positive attitude about learning to endure rejection ourselves so in the first verse of Mark chapter 6 it tells us it says that Jesus left that part of country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth his hometown so Jesus is uh, back in his hometown Nazareth this is a place in which he grew up a place where his family dwelt Uh, this is his origin this is where you would probably know everything about Jesus and there were close people in that 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 small town who actually knew Jesus too and so this was this was the place that it all started for Jesus so notice that the text also tells us that as he's gone back to his hometown he's not the only one that's there he's accompanied by some friends some dear brothers of the gospel he's accompanied by his disciples so that's enough information to let us know that Jesus has grown up and he's actually walking uh, as a man of God fulfilling his purpose and his calling and when you're doing that in your own personal life whether you're a man or woman of God you as you're going and journeying on a journey with the Lord oftentimes you will experience rejection of many kinds and so going forth in the text in verse 2 it says that 
The next Sabbath he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. I want you to think about that. They were amazed. They were in awe. They were probably awestruck, caught off by surprise. And once they were amazed, they asked people, they asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such great miracles? So they're pondering, they're questioning their hearts. Wait a minute. I know, I knew I grew up with this man. Where did he obtain this? I mean, as a kid, he really wasn't probably all of that smart. I mean, in middle school, he he wasn't that great. But, but who is this person now? Have you ever experienced that in your life? But people have, have had this perception about you trying to figure out how did you do this and how did you do that? And so these people are pondering about how in the world did he get this mark? So in, in, as we continue on in the story, we'll find that, that it says that they asked, where did he get all the wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? So there were two reasons why the people were amazed. Number one, he was full of wisdom. Number two, God had in allowed his power to become, come on him so that he was able to perform miracles in the presence of the people. Just like Moses was able to perform miracle in the presence of God's people. And it wasn't for Jesus' glory, but it was for his father. Going on in verse 3, it says, Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simeon, and his sisters live right here among us. He was more than just a son of Mary. Clearly, the Bible lets us know that he was a teacher. And later on, as we get down to the text, we'll find out that he was also a prophet. He was a teacher to his disciples. He was a friend. You know, I'm sure the enemy has probably spoken uh, through people in your life by saying, Oh, that's just Tommy. Oh, that's just Anna. There's nothing good about her. Oh, she's just a mother. She's just an assistant. Those are just titles. But how do you, how many of you know that you are so much more? Let's just start by saying that you are chosen. You are ordained. You are loved by God. You have been called of God. You are royal priests and kings, queens of the Most High God. Do you often see yourself? as that and if you don't I'm here to remind you that you are that and so much more don't let people define you by what they think of you and so as they continue on in their conversation by declaring Jesus is just a carpenter 
the text also tells us, it says that they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Now the question is, how can people who were amazed be offended at the same time? But I would probably imply in this story that they were amazed because the wisdom was just that great and offended because when he spoke, there had to be some authority there. There had to be some truth and revelation coming forth that was able to really prick their hearts in such a way that they didn't even want to hear it anymore because it didn't make them feel good. And I love the way that as Jesus was listening to what they were speaking, when Jesus got ready to respond to them because of that spirit of rejection was heavy in the atmosphere and in the environment, this is what Jesus was able to say. Jesus then told them, he said, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And that is the honest truth. There are many times if you just continue to walk with the Lord, there are some seasons in your life that you may absolutely find that this scripture, this particular scripture where Jesus said, a prophet is honored everywhere. You may find, but except in his own hometown, you may find that you have been honored by your friends, you you have been honored by people on your job, you have been honored by people in your church, you may have been found out that you have been honored by a lot of people other than your relatives. And Sally to say that Jesus was not offended because he knew that these things were are going to happen and that's why he said a prophet so he recognizes who he is he recognizes that he's not he's never going to be accepted and we're going to find out why as we go down to the next skip down to the next scripture in in, in uh, verse 5 and it says and because of their unbelief he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them and he was amazed at their unbelief. So Jesus knew that, number one, he wasn't going to be accepted. Number two, that the people were full of unbelief because they rejected his truth. They rejected his teaching. And number four is that Jesus has reversed it. He's now in awe. He's in amazement in the same way that they were because they can't accept who he is. And this particular text makes me think about when the woman came to the well and and Jesus was basically saying, uh, if you knew who I was, you would give me something to drink. And basically these people really didn't know who he was because they couldn't receive it in their hearts. And so because of that, they were not able to receive any miracles because the Bible says in verse 5 that only a few only a few sick people were able to be healed Jesus was able to heal just a few in that town 
of Nazareth. But uh, as we continue on, when we're talking about that spirit of rejection by people, we have to accept that just as Jesus accepted, that that is too necessary in our spiritual development with the Lord and in our personal growth. You know, we can't expect everybody to like us. We can't expect everybody to support us. We can't expect everybody to love us. Whether it's your family members or those that you've been hanging with, you know why? Because seasons change, hearts change, and people do too. And so when Jesus understood that he was not going to be accepted, he didn't murmur. He didn't try to seek revenge, but he said what he had to say, and he went on his merry way. And another example that we can get from that rejection is, let's skip over to Isaiah chapter 53. And we're going to start in the second verse, where it says that it's referring to Jesus. But this is what it says. It says that there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance nothing to attract us to him he was despised and rejected so in other words the son of god was not this handsome looking man you know because if people had looked at him they would have never received him they was going to reject him because nothing beautiful was about him neither was there anything beautiful about his appearance appearance he wasn't attractive so because of that in itself he was despised and rejected and the bible goes on to say that he was a man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest grief we turned our backs on him and looked the other way he was despised and we did not care yet it was our weaknesses he carried It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sin. But how many of you know that the punishment that that he had had nothing to do with his sins, but it had everything to do with our sins. And as we continue on in the text, It says that in verse 5, But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have been gone astray. We have left God's path to follow our own. I can attest to that. Leaving the path of righteousness to try to go to a path of unrighteousness only to find out that that doesn't work and it doesn't fulfill the hearts that are really connected to God. So in order to find true fulfilling and stay on that right path, Jesus knew that, guess what? I still love my sheep. Though they have gone astray, forsaken me, though they have rejected me, abandoned me, I still love them. That verse continued on. It says, Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. In the rejection that Jesus faced, he was bearing the weight of the sins of the world. And he didn't have to. But the most humbling part 
about Jesus' rejection in this chapter of Isaiah 53 is that we can see Jesus was painting a picture with words for us to understand the sacrifice that he made for us, even the miracles that he performed in his hometown, the few, and in other places. But it was all leading up to to the part in Isaiah 53, verse 7, where it says, He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. How profound is that? And how many of us will, you know, be mistreated but not really say anything? Not very many. Because our natural instinct will be to respond back and express what we feel. But Jesus was really humble because he had accepted what the Father's plans was for his life. And with that being said, it says, And he was laid like a lamb to be slaughtered. So Jesus knew that on the cross he would have to die. Dejection was a part of it. And as a sheep is silent before the sheriffs, he did not open his mouth. Jesus didn't say a word. He took the punishment. He took the sin. He took on everything that we could ever endure. But most importantly, he took on the rejection. So when we are rejected, we have to remember that we're not rejected for ourselves. We're rejected for his name's sake, but it's with a greater purpose. And so I encourage you today that if you are dealing with rejection in any way, rejection in your home, rejection on your job, rejection in your church, rejection in your marriage, rejection with your friends or whomever or whatever you may be dealing with know that rejection is necessary and that even in the pain even in the hurt god has something greater in that rejection and i want you to be encouraged to know that god loves you and that god has called you by name And that whatever ounce of rejection that you are feeling in this moment, know that the Lord still has his hands upon you. And remember, he said that no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. So in the midst of rejection, I want you to know that you are somebody to the Lord. You are his possession. You are valuable. You're the apple of his eye. And that he loves you. And he has a plan for you, according to Jeremiah 29 and 11, when he says, I know the plans that I have for you. Jesus was rejected, but God had a plan. And I pray that you would accept the plan that God has for you in Jesus' name. Again, I thank you for listening to Hearts Knit Together in Christ. Again, I'm your host, Marcia A. Sullivan. And may the Lord bless you 
And may you go in peace. Until next time, may Jesus be with you. Amen.